Welcome to the 608 Boys Episode 1 Podcast. We're your hosts, John Galley. Sarah Trebetskoy. Chris. Just Chris. We, don't, and Chris. we talked last time nicknames, even though unfortunately we used that stupid recording program, which did not save our, our excellent uh, COVID cast. But uh, I was I'm trying to remember... What were the, uh, sir, what was, what was like, I'm trying to remember, what's been your nickname other than like, sir? On a, unofficial episode one was attempted a couple of weeks back. I mean, I mean, it's pretty much been sir. <laughs> I don't know what else you're talking about. My old, my old CS nicknames, the, uh, the motherfucker, the, um, currently, currently going by Illuminati, um, past, past handles. Like screen names is that's valid. Uh, like screen names for our culture and our our, uh, our gaming. Chris, I can't, I'm trying to remember your classic like Jedi cheese. I guess would be the, the one, right? The Jedi cheese, dude. I like it, dude. We had so We're pretty stable ones. and it remembered my FW tag for the client. Do you guys yes. remember that? Like I like log into tribes and like FW Jedi cheese. I'm like that is a clan tag I have not seen in years. Wait, that's hilarious. To the old, the old clan, fallen warriors, something that David dug up. I don't know what the hell that was about. That's right, fallen warriors. Then there was mod clan and unofficially clan Iron Chef. I mean, I still think that was one of the best things we did was like having a forum that we could all keep in touch on since high school. That that like that helped. That thing that thing went that thing kept going for a while. For for a long, long time after Facebook, that was a yeah. Oh, totally, yeah. That was a good little. That was a good little. Um, good little piece of history right there. I'm glad it's still on a uh, on Mod Clan's. Uh, oh no, on Pro Board's backup drive somewhere. Yeah, I'm sure it even survived a hurricane well. when their servers got trashed through like Katrina or something like that. Right? That was hilarious. I know. I forgot about that. That like. Hurricane Katrina happened, the server for the forum went down, and then somehow they were able to retrieve some, like... Backup tapes. Backup version, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get uh, into this. Taking a pep, our first segment. Um, I feel like none of us ever talk about work too much. Although, well, Chris, your job certainly with the, the flying, but uh, um, Chris, start start us off, man, because your your job's probably in the most flux right now. What's what's your work week this week? I mean, should we just yeah, should we just catch Dude, up on what's so yeah. all right? Yeah, current so, affairs. My my work week involves drinking beer and going biking because I don't want to drive my car to like buy more beer. That's pretty much my week. Like it is sad. Like I don't actually do, you have to understand. Like my job actually. And for the record. Since we're starting this off, episode one here, your job is as a flight captain. Yeah, but so I'm a pilot. Not currently. So I'm a pilot. And so lately, they've obviously, with the traffic numbers being that it is and nobody's traveling anywhere, I actually looked up there that the TSA uh, puts out information on how many people they screen every day. And so yesterday, on Saturday, they screened 93,645 people. All right. Like countrywide. So under, nationwide. So under like, you know, okay. like 100,000 people traveled. Shit. 
That seems so, low, but I don't tell me. You tell me. I don't know what that's. I don't low. know what the average like, is. So last year, the same day last year, there were two million fifty nine thousand and change. Really, so you're down I, to two percent of the traffic that you yeah. typically see. But I'm so just no, like that, that. that statistic by itself just blows me away because there's like three hundred million people in the country, and you're saying like seven or eight percent of the country flew in a single day. Is this a daily TSA screening this or like weekly? a daily TSA thing. Two million people go to the airport every single day. That's just, yeah. I don't know. I don't There's know so many people that travel for work and everything else. Yeah, no, I know. It just, it's just insane to, to think that like 10% of the company, uh, the, between five and 10% of the country wakes up and like gets on an airplane in a given day. Kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, so we're like way down. There's no traffic. There's nobody traveling. So, um, but you're not. You as a pilot are not mandatorily shut down, right? Like you have like obviously limited availability for flights, I assume. But you you well, have the option to stay at home, kind of thing, or what? Well, so here's the thing: the transportation industry, including airlines and everything, is considered a uh, national critical national infrastructure. I actually had our company mm-hmm. put out a letter that I don't know about you guys, but my company put out a letter that you know allows me to actually drive through like roadblocks and shit, being like, hey, if I'm on my way to or from work, uh-huh. it actually says, hey, let this person through because you're a critical national infrastructure worker. Um, yeah. I get so Amanda got one of those. So yeah, because, so because it's she's... more so. So technically, I could be working. The thing is, dude, with the traffic like it is, traffic's way down. Airlines have cut their schedules to the bone. Mm-hmm. Nobody's traveling. I don't really like. They're not the United. The airlines, in order to save money, have essentially like you know put their airplanes to long-term storage and have told like pilots, flight attendants, maintenance workers, pretty much everybody, hey, if you want to take a reduced pay schedule and take the month off you can do that well chris catch us up uh if i don't know if you feel comfortable doing that since like this is live now or whatever i i know you were talking about your company specifically now in brief Um, we don't want to covid derail this one i know i I just want to know what what happened to to chris's particular carrier he was flying out of new jersey last time i remember you saying that they were like kind of giving people the the option to 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 buy out or to take a month off if but it's still voluntary and you were mulling that decision in the coming weeks. Okay. So, so here's how it's shaken out. So the company um, initially was essentially offered four options. First option was you fly a normal line, get paid your seventy five dollars or seventy five hours worth of pay. Option mm-hmm. number two was to take long call reserve. Essentially, they call you out 70, 72 hours in advance, three days in advance, and they call you, you call back, and they tell you, here's your flying 72 hours out. You're only work for part of the month, but you only get 40, out, 40 hours of pay. So you essentially take half the pay cut, but you don't have to work that hard. I ultimately decided to do that because that's okay. – uh, I didn't really – I mean, the money's nice, but I can live on 40 hours. And the problem is that they have too many people trying to fly. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll get to the other options real quick. So another option is to, it's called um, a LA, letter of agreement. 
where essentially where you essentially go on leave. You get right. You, you mentioned that too. Mm-hmm. You don't get any pay, but you get medical benefits. You keep so you benefits, yeah. Medical benefits, and then the last option was voluntary furlough, where the company will essentially you essentially are let go. Pretty much, you volunteer to let go, and when the company needs you, you can come back. Yeah. So, um, in the leave That's of absence for a month. So that was what they were gonna do. Um. Enough. The thing is, the more people that take like a voluntary furlough or a leave of absence, the less people and the more people take less lines, you can spread the flying out among more people. And therefore, with you can right. keep more people on the payroll. Does that so if everybody takes a pay cut, we all, you know, we get more people. You all survive, but you're still employed. Yeah, you all take a pay cut. Or that makes a lot of sense that so you're you're in it together, so to speak. Yeah. So I took the the I took the long call reserve because I mean I don't I have like I'm okay financially but you know I can live on forty hours of pay. Right, right, right. Um. So after they did that, then they actually ended up furloughing about a hundred people involuntary furlough. Adios, see ya. Don't hit the door. You know, we'll call you back. Yeah. You don't get you don't get shit. You're just you're gone. Yeah. Um. The thing is, the federal government had the stimulus part of the two trillion dollar stimulus and part of that is there's loans and there's grants to airlines uh-huh. and mm-hmm. so I mean, everybody hears about this uh there's more to it than what most people have heard about but with the loans you have to keep 90 percent of your 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 workers working type of thing if you want the loans forgiven if you right? no, no no if you want the loans if you, you want, want the loan period shit. you want the loan period you have to keep 90%. If you want the grant, which is where essentially they give you the money, yeah. you have to keep everybody on payroll, everybody on, you know, full pay. 100%. That's okay. I, that's, what the, that's what I was doing. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I, I don't know how much I should go into, you know, how much that covers, but needless to say, it doesn't actually, the grant doesn't actually cover. Does your company immediately apply and get those grants? Did, it, did the money already come in? them no because that was another thing i was gonna ask so here's the problem so the company since they furloughed people they would not be eligible for the grants so they unfurloughed everybody because they essentially they were furloughing people and now they unfurloughed them right right right. they brought them back they brought them back um so the company did that and so part of that is the like so now the company's hoping that we get these grants. We get right. the 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 thing is the the legislation said you could have like it's called warrants or stock options or different sort of stuff available. Mm-hmm. Um, is that that's what the company offers the? <laughs> that's what the company offers. So that's uh, what the company offered. So to the government, so that they can repay the taxpayer, hopefully. Yeah. yeah. So here's the thing. So. The problem is the government didn't come out with any sort of guidance, but it gave the airlines five days to apply. Well, every airline pretty much applied. And then it gives the government 10 days to either accept it or ask for more information or whatnot. So yeah. we're in that sort of 10 day okay. thing. Wait, wait, where, waiting for the government to see if they'll, or waiting yeah, for the five airlines. Exactly. Well, hmm. see if they'll, you know, what they're going to do, because again, airlines, this is not just, you know, a mom and pop store. There's certain things the airlines can do. There are certain things that like um leverage their options, right? 
Well, uh, well, not only just that, but also there's problems with let's say let's say an airline has an agreement where um, I'll take an example, Republic Airlines. Um, they went through bankruptcy about three years ago, something like that, three four years ago. Republic. So with that. They agreed that anybody that was not part of the bankruptcy cannot own any part of the company. So the problem is if or is the problem is the government that warrants are like essentially a thing where the government gets a preferred yeah. option to buy part of your company. Well, you can't give that per their agreement with in the bankruptcy. So if the government's like give us warrants in order to get this money, they can't do it. And they're essentially, and then essentially, like they'll—I mean, I hate to say it—they're just gone. Like that, that if the companies don't get these grants, so you're just saying, right? And I mean, they can't, and they can't under the current system because that's meant to—I pre- don't know—prevent doling out the money preferentially, right? Well, right? So, like, they don't want the airlines. The 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 government doesn't want the airlines gaming the system, or I mean, mm-hmm. politicians, right? Or any or any small businesses, but it's right. super hard to, to do that. Right. That's what I've been uh, reading. So too, the problem right? is the problem is you have to tailor it in such a way that the the way that it works out for the airlines, it's you know, it's possible for them to do for these warrant for these grants. Um what I've been hearing is and I won't speak specifically to my company because I really don't know anything, but my understanding is the airlines are pretty much gonna pass on the loans because it's not a very good deal. Um, there's so other ways for airlines. airlines have, I mean, everybody's like, what's the other, what's the other deal for the airlines go under? Well, the thing is, so they can get these grants, which the grants are designed to be essentially payroll protection. That makes You're sense. saying they're going to pass on it. It's not a good deal for them. No, no. So they're going to pay, they're going to pass on the, the loans. They're not going to pass on the grants. Oh, Remember, which is exactly what your company did. It quickly unlaid off everyone to get the grants. Right. Got it. The because the grants are free money. Well, the grants yeah. are free money, and it essentially keeps people employed. It's designed yeah. to keep people employed, which, fine, whatever. That's what it is. Um, the loans are more to, like, you know, help the airlines, you know, continue on and pay whatever. And the airlines, for the most part, are in pretty good shape. I mean, everybody's like, well, why do they need money? It's like, well... Like, why, you know, you, if you know first aid, why should you, why do you need a doctor if you get shot? Like, that's essentially what happened. There's no, I mean, these airlines, and the airlines have actually pretty much, uh, the other part of it is, and there's been a few airlines, uh, specifically there was one in Canada, they actually just shut down their operation and just said, see ya, we'll see you all in, like, July. Like, literally, literally just, you know, shut down traffic. And the U.S. airlines, if they don't get some sort of thing, from the government, they probably, I mean, they're already doing it for the most part, yeah. but um, the U.S. Department of Transportation actually came out with a list of airports that airlines need to serve, and, you know, there's multiple airlines that are like, I can't fly, you know, I can't fly to Madison. For instance, Madison, like, Madison and Chicago, this is unprofitable at this point. Like, why am I spending yeah. money to fly this? Yeah. Like, and it's like, and they're like, but they're like the air, like the DOT and the government's like, well, you used to fly this, you know, five times a day. Airlines, right, but you like, need some amount of volume at this point. Right. You need, it's like, well, the thing is, it's just like, you know, drive to Madison, call a day. Like, that's the thing. And there's a bunch of airports that are, mm-hmm. I don't know if they're on the chopping block, but pretty much until this 
ends or whatever, whatever, whatever outcome this ends, they're not right. going to, I mean, they're going to get very limited service and, you know, cause you can't, you can't fill an airliner. Like, it's you need, still anyone's guess. And I really want to circle back around to when you I said, wanna, I want to steer us too, guys, a little bit too. Let's, if <laughs> we want to, if we want to actually get into stuff other, and I, and I appreciate this, but we should, we should keep it flowing here too. But sir, what's your question over here? All right, we'll do we'll do the catch make up. It, make it quick, a quick one here. Yeah, I was just gonna comment to Chris yeah. saying the airlines are in good shape, and I was like, oh really? <laughs> well, I would hope so. They're major. They're like the one of some of the major well, companies here's the thing. in the United so States. Yeah, but here's the thing: if you look at the cash on hand for like United and Delta, for instance, I would take United and Delta. United Delta, Delta is like the biggest one. Delta, I mean, I know well, Delta is, is in the news here in Atlanta all the time. Right. They were like the biggest airline in the country. So the thing is with the with United and Delta, they pretty much the the guesses are they have six months worth of cash. So mm-hmm. if they don't make any money, the thing is, if they don't make any money in six months, month seven, they're just gone. Like the, that's, the company that's just, just isn't gonna happen. Like, yeah. It doesn't exist. And so how does that well, make it's kinda like, like the post office what they're facing right now with you know how essentially if they don't get a bail, well, post office here, always had problems. They do, yeah. Right. So Delta's got six months of runway. I mean, if you think about that in terms of like a person, would you say, oh yeah, like he's got six months of savings. He's in he's in great shape to weather a big downturn. It's like well, here's, not here's quite. the thing. Though. Here's the thing. So you assume like so. I mean, the problem is. You know, let's say you if you have six months of savings, which is true, it, you're asking Delta to not essentially cut back because that's the thing. Like Delta as an airline just can't, yeah. you know, I mean, you know, if you have if you have a you know apartment rental, or you know, have a car rental, you have mm-hmm. other bills. You can always be like, dude, I'm going to stop eating out. I'm going to fucking I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to yeah. do that. I'm going to, you know, I mean, my God, I fucking are going to do the same thing. Yeah. The thing is, Delta just can't for most part, just can't, it's harder for, it's very hard for them to do that because I mean, there's a saying they're all super lean and efficient already as efficient as they can get efficient and lean. I mean, obviously you can get leaner, but you know, they were running, you know, they were running 90, 95% efficiency on these flights. And then it just drops. I mean, how many of these, how many of these airlines but that's but that goes back to my point. You're saying they're okay? No, they're not okay. They're gonna be cutting They're, they're gonna be okay. The thing is, they're gonna I, be okay. Most the problem is the like you know it's gonna not, be a company if that's what you mean by okay. Well, and like well, yeah. anything, I mean duration is really gonna affect this. So I mean, well, and that's e- the even problem, for right? the airlines, yeah. the duration of this is gonna be a huge factor in, in their survivability. I mean, we say they're okay now, but if if this continues to be a uh, after I mean, even show take, for three more months. I mean, we'll see what that conversation looks like. You know, take even the best case scenario, Chris. In your case, like three months from now, say everything is like a hundred percent back to normal. They get like a shit ton of virus testing. Flights oh, are back up. All happen, the airports but... are open. Delta just lost fifty percent of their cash reserves. Like, no, they're not okay. Still, like, to, yeah, to set be- that out. They'll be the thing is like well, they'll, they'll, be, they'll be a company in some form. I don't all, know I gotta, all I gotta say is employ as many people. Instead of their reserves, you know, maybe they should you know maybe the U.S. government should like stop flying the like you know China. I mean, let's be honest. Like 
That's that's it. Probably will. That's All right, yeah. I'm behind. I'm hijacking us back here, guys. I got to keep us on three. I, I just I don't so, know. So let's yeah, let's hear what's what's going on with the with the new game design job over here, man. Uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to launch a game with about 75 people. We're all working remotely. Um, it's pretty it's pretty intense. Um, but the game's really cool. Um, the game I'm working on is Rogue Company. Um, it's like the next game from High Res. Speaking of Tribes Ascend and the Tribes franchise peeps. Um, so Rogue Company is going to be like kind of like a third person Counter Strike with um, with a four v four like a couple game modes. Um, it's a it's a it's going to be a pretty pretty sweet. The idea is to is is we're going to launch like we're going to launch it on all the all the major platforms, PC, console. Um, and what's going to separate this from uh, like the other first person shooters that uh, we've had we've had year in and year out? But I know high high. High Ascend, uh, or um, the name, but High Res does a good job with this. Well, I think our like, I don't, I don't know what to say about like exactly our special sauce, but I think you can say that it's going to have some like hero, hero shooter aspects to it, in the sense that you're going to have you're you're, you're going to have unique abilities. You're going to have a guy that you're going to level up. You're going to learn to play a class that you like basically get locked into as opposed to more the the traditional CS where you like you buy stuff and, and the weapons determine, you know, your class and your play style here. We're going to, we're going to merge. It's like, it's going to be a little bit of a merging of some counter-strike elements and some, some hero shooter elements from like overwatch and stuff like that. That makes sense. Yeah. A little like development combined with a development of character combined with. Yeah. Space. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's anything like this. This isn't like a um, completely new genre we're reinventing or anything like that. Um, but I think it's actually it's actually pretty smart. Like there's like some some given genres that we're trying to attack, and we're taking a slightly new spin on it. Um, but the idea is that we're um, we're doing it in a uh, like so like Fortnite, for example. It's a similar game, but they have very like stylized, kind of cartoonish characters, um, and they're hitting a specific part of that audience. We're going to hit a little bit more of like a realistic, um, but we're going to have these like James Bond-like rogues that are you know out there as part of the organization saving the world. So you're saying um, there will be an odd job over here? Uh, I wish there would be an odd job. You know what? Taking notes right now. There needs to be a character that's half the height of everyone else that's going to be banned from every major tournament in the game. But we got to do it. I'm, I'm glad that wasn't just a slapper play group thing that Oddjob was uh, was universally hated. Dude, Oddjob is like actually got banned like an online <laughs> tournament. Like, indeed, it's. I, I think anytime you want to have a competitive game, do not do the Oddjob thing. But Odd job is freaking hilarious for just having existed. So uh, I, I don't think like I don't know the Golden Eye peeps rare expected there to be like a tournament scene around their game. Maybe they did, but yeah. uh, that's one game I would love to see. Like while we're in isolation, come back. Somebody develop a. I mean, I know Steam had like, a PC version of it. Did we play that at one point? We played there the Steam like version, a, and it's not actually yeah. not bad, but. We need we need like a totally HDR redone Goldeneye with 
with blazing special effects <laughs> and original style grenade launcher gameplay. Right. Well, well they bring back the paintball mode. That's I demand the paintball mode. Speaking of these CS like games, have you guys heard the new uh, Valorant uh, from Riot was announced? It's their like CS with magic users, basically, so what I can tell. What? No, I haven't um, seen that. What is that? I mean, it's coming out. It's coming out this summer or something in like limited beta fashion, as as they typically do. But I've been watching some people, some peeps play it. So it's 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 Riot's own entry into the Counter Strike genre, and it's all, it hues a lot closer to original Counter Strike, and they're kind of promising. So it's basically Counter Strike, but you get some you. It's pseudo magicy, so you get like some magic powers. And your Counter-Strike guy, and you buy all the same CS weapons, and um, they have this like kind of anime, anime-like stylized aesthetic. Uh, Y'all should check it out. I mean, I, I think I'm, I'm definitely going to check it out when it becomes available. What's, so the, name what's the name of this? I'm putting in this in the uh, the cast notes here. Yeah, it's called Valorant. V-A-L-E-R-A-N-C. V-A-L-O-R-A-N-T. Valorant, okay. Animated Counter-Strike. Sure. Yeah. Counter-Strike. I call it Counter-Strike with magic. <laughs> uh, it looked pretty cool. Their whole thing was they promised that it would run on, like, the, the shittiest of potato computers. So it's definitely meant for, like, super hyper-competitive, like, 120 hertz gaming on, like, even mediocre systems. That's great, because that's what's needed. And I think, like, uh, they yeah. forget about that sometimes, that there needs to be more scalability. Yeah, totes. No, I, I I completely I think they've got a they've got a cool thing and they they've figured it out so that's a there's a big desire for that. Um, I saw a couple I saw people st- uh, streaming it this week. It's like um, it's on Twitch and like certain like I think closed closed beta formats that they've given it to a couple of their influencers to play and check out. Um, it looked fun. It looked it looked very much like traditional Counter Strike. I actually I don't know. I, I definitely would want to play it. I'd probably get owned so hard. There's so much, there's so much like no scope, like skill shotting, like shooting through, like they have like the whole shooting through walls and shooting through corners. And if you can, if you can get it, you know, uh, the old, you know, the old counter-strike, like if the wall is thin enough and you know where the person is, you can like shoot up, you can tap them with the AWP through the wall. Yeah. You know, it sounds darts. like it's part of the shooter life, you know, at this point, but. Right, right, right. Well, this sounds, it sounds interesting. It sounds like you're working on a good project and that this Valorance from this other company is a, is something worth checking out over here, too. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Like, interesting. Um, yeah. All right. I'll get you all to play Rogue Company, too, when our game drops. There's, like, a little bit of overlap between us and Valorant, but, um, you know, we're definitely third person versus their, like, straight-up first person. Um type gameplay but yeah let's definitely let's check them out when they drop any other any other hot games you guys been been on to i know me and chris were having a little side mtga discussion before we i've actually been uh, playing a bunch i actually purchased um civilization six so i have been getting my civilization lately it's been it's been interesting i'm only like probably like five hours in so, of course, like, you know, I got, like, two months worth of, like, lockdown that'll go. So I figured I'm, like, actually, like, going to finish this game 
And then I'm going to put one. I'm like, I'm going to like just sit down and fucking play a marathon mission where you just like, you just let it go. It's like every turn is like a year. It's just like, fuck this, do this, build my like army. I'm assuming civilization is somebody who hasn't played it before that. It's kind of like the empire earth age of empires variety. Wait, how have you not played civilization? Well, I haven't played games in years, man. It's been ages for me too, Chris. I like, no, I know of them. My my thing is like I just like don't know where I would find the time to do Civ. It's just just so notorious for their like hours long campaigns. Like oh dude, like I am like out of the bronze. I'm like in the bronze age, and it's like ten turn. I'm like ten hours in. Like this oh, is good. gonna so be it is like those games though, where you're kind of going oh, through oh. the different ages. Oh dude, so oh, yeah, is like and like the newest one has like economic like shit go or like stuff going down so like you have like floods and like tornadoes like one of my opponents got hit with like a fucking hurricane it was fucking amazing i'm like so i'm like sitting there like watching a hurricane like batter their city (laughs) and destroy shit i'm just like hell yeah dude that does remind me of like the greatness of those games like i remember the one land party where we first discovered empire earth and like so many we are all playing it pretty much for the first time that was a memorable one man yeah, I'm like, I'm like, okay, I have like volcanoes that I can drop on people, and then other people yeah. were like ten civilizations ahead, and they had like mech warriors and tanks. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, this is not going to end well over here. Dude, that is the best. That was like the land. So we played the um, interstellar like shooting game or whatever uh, at the last time. That was actually my second time playing it, but I just wanted to. Um, to note and give a shout out specifically to games that like you all play for the first time are super memorable when everyone like sucks and no one, no one like knows the optimal strategies. You just get some random shit happen. I totally remember that empire earth one where nobody knew what they were doing. We're all over the place in ages. Um, and, uh, yeah, like at some point someone summoned an army of like nuclear bombers and just like wiped someone <laughs> off the map who's still in like a way, like way, way below them. And we were just like all like, what is what is going on? But it's still it's it's still great because like you don't even have a chance to be salty. You've never even seen this game before. You just don't know what's possible. Everything is just awesome right. and new. Yeah, you're more <laughs> in awe like, than anything else. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> that was the same shit with uh with Hanley's like that interstellar game was a ton of fun. Um I think the better the more we play that game, if we play it again, or um uh, the more we play it, it will actually get less fun because we'll be more optimized and we'll know how to counter the strategies and, and whatever. And part of that, part of the hilarity of that game, we're just getting nuked randomly and not being able to do anything about it and not, know, not knowing how much of your planet's going to be alive the next turn. Yeah. Dude, I miss the old lands. Those were, those were always great. And, uh, honestly, it seems like a perfect time to, to catch up on that stuff while we're locked down. Yeah, you guys have been trying, man. I've been I've been locked away and like, well, crunched. I've been locked in work too. I, I I didn't really talk about my setup, but yeah, my work has been busy. Not quite as crazy as uh, my fiance's, obviously, with uh, having to try to teach uh, special education over video chat, which is over video chat. Insane. Wait, that's crazy. Yeah. Dude, dude, talk about talk about Lindsay's work for a little bit. Dude, I, yeah, I, uh, she's. I mean, she's had a, a hell of a time just because uh, it's a lot of hours and um, more than the regular education, and it's uh, quite demanding because 
you know, there's just, there's so many layers here with the education system of, you know, what we have in place as far as standards go for how we're going to construct this and then time that the teacher should be spending on it and then execution. And I think there's like a lot of really unrealistic expectations. So she has, wait, has it gotten, has it gotten worse as people have moved remote? Oh, hundred percent. I mean, it was already a difficult job, but it, it's been like, you know, essentially the are the same. Her to essentially work like 12 to 20 hours a day and which is just not realistic, obviously. And, uh, and still being behind on stuff. So it's, yeah, she's, she's working through it and it's going to be a work in progress. I think as they, you know, realize there's issues, but it's, it's crazy, man. And like, I, like I, I am actually very curious about that. When you say 12 to 20 hours, how much of that is being spent with like the kids? Cause the kids can't have those long of a day. A lot of it is, documentation and planning and, and yeah. requirements by, you know, state and federal and, and planning and meetings and different things like that. But there okay. is, there's a good amount of time serving in that vein for that, that, that has to be done with the kids. And on the kids case, it's actually, it is a struggle because, you know, they're supposed to meet with not only her, but their regular ed teachers and other specialist therapy, thing like that, that like by the time it adds up, they're like, you know, these kids can't spend eight to 12 hours in a day on video. Yeah, it's like they got an attention span too. Right. And they're not understanding that. So it'll be curious to see where it goes, but yeah, man, it's been like a, a mountain and well, I know mine has been crazy too, but it has not, uh, you know, it's, it's, I'm used to being pretty busy. I'm used to having an Epic, uh, like the company here, level of work and just kind of mm-hmm. picking your battles for when you want to be done for the day, even though there's always more to do. I'm sure like the game design industry is like, right. That's, that's your, so what, what else is happening on your front? It, there's still a backlog of stuff. Yeah. I mean, a lot of it is um, trying to make sure that people are set up to work remotely well. And since I work primarily with laboratories, it's interesting to kind of see like, are they actually going into their labs and working on the specialized equipment that they have? Uh, are they kind of, you know, just ignoring any limitations that are are out right now for the state, or are they um, working remotely and trying to get remote desktop access to instrument machines and things like that? So, did any we, did any labs like straight up shut down? I know my friend Gil's lab shut down here. He was yeah, working th- for Georgia State. I think there's a fair amount of limited ones or, or mostly shut down ones, and a lot of that due to the fact that like grad students and undergrad students are not um in session right now so i think that's like limited Uh their their workforce um i know there's been a a couple labs where they have like one essential person that goes in to take care of things but i mean we have a nice setup at least with the hospital that we have like the ability for if if folks you know follow the guidelines and get our help or what have you that they theoretically can get into just about anything that they want remotely um which is nice, you know, like we've tried to set like what, standards. like what, what if they needed to, I mean, they have so live samples and science right. and shit that needs to be done. All yeah. Like, like VPS tunnel lab. remote act. Well, right. So like if they're working on That's, like a PCR machine or something where they need to put in like DNA, RNA samples and things like that, they can't, you know, they'd have to do that in person, right. obviously, but computer so wise, at least right. they remote in. But they can't go in in person because that's not considered as essential work, right? Well, under I mean, the current 
No, they. I think they can. I mean, for the most part, yeah. most of them are allowed because it's it's like research labs at the university. I mean, I don't know how they're going to stop that because a lot of it's critical research. Um, so, I mean, I, I think theoretically, as long well, as well, if it ain't COVID know. research, I don't know how much of that. I mean, I don't. I know for a fact that Gill, who's working at Georgia State, yeah. their lab shut down. He's the guy. Gill's the guy who comes comes in every once in a while and like checks the freezers and makes sure like. Like right. the stuff that they left behind is still working good, but they were doing influenza vaccine research, like regular flu, not COVID yeah. research. And like, they were just like, okay, there's a statewide, there was a citywide shelter in place order that was put in. It just means all non-essential workers stay home. And right. that just means all their research got put on hold. Well, and Atlanta is a little more locked down in that than Madison, but uh, in Wisconsin, but, um, I mean, we do have a, like a, a shelter at home order, but it's not, I know as stringent, I think as Atlanta's is, um, hmm. as our, our lab. I thought it was, I thought it was statewide, right? It's statewide, state state man, but I think it's pretty loose right now. Um, and I know at least for our labs, like if you have badge access, I, I believe you can go in, but huh. I think most labs that I've talked to have, have taken those precautions to stay home. But bad badge access means uh, you are one of those essential peeps, like like Chris has. Badge or, access means like if you had a, a badge that had clearance to get into the labs that you know you you. Oh, like if you were like a, you a regular employee. Weird, yeah. huh? Yeah. No, I mean maybe I maybe it's changed a little bit recently. I haven't been into work in oh, I'm pretty much over yeah. a month. I think at this point. I mean, we can go in and take hazard pay because we're considered essential employees with some of the work that we have to do, but. Um, frankly, I'll skip the hazard pay and stay at home and I still have a mountain of work, so it's enough, you know, but yeah, I guess my dad, my dad told me he was still going into his office. So yeah, I guess it is, it is a little less stringent there in Madison. Yeah. I don't know. My dad, my, my dad's still doing research. Um, and it's not COVID related. Yeah. I gotta um, imagine that like that stuff's so important though, that the buck can't stop really with it. And I know at least a lot of the labs that like I work with, if they're, if they're down for a day, like can't do work, it's literally losing like millions of dollars. So yeah. I can't imagine like that, you know, can go on for very long, especially when like getting a grant, you have like an 8% chance of approval or something like that with the NIH in a lot of these departments. So yeah, no shit, but that applies to so much of the economy right now. You talk about yeah. losing money per day. Right. Oh, uh, look at the airlines. Airlines, uh, good example. That, yeah, that being said, that being said, they're trying. Uh, if uh, I'm sure they would come in and fly if there was people to fly. Oh, totally. Like that'd be great. I'd fucking actually do something. I'm like bored out of my mind. All right. Speaking of boredom and trying to fill that with the void there, let's move on to our green drink segment here. Chris, uh, I know that day trading has been. The hobby of choice right now. Uh, where are we at with that? I'm getting destroyed. It's been uh, it's been oh, somewhat no. up. And, actually, it's been like yeah, it's been somewhat up and down. We'll see. Like I, I pretty much traded neutral over the week. I, I made a little bit, and then I figured it was gonna get worse, and it didn't. Cause uh, I figured on on Thursday, so the markets were closed on Friday. So I figured the thing is like. The new um, home, the new uh, unemployment numbers were going to come out on Thursday. And I was like, dude, there's no way this could be good news. There's no way this could be fucking good news. 
So, of course, like... Right, what's I, the sudden rebound? I don't understand that either. Like, why has the no, market been rebounded? Nobody does. I Dude, keep reading I keep reading no. about it in the news. Right, I'll let Chris answer. So, uh, the thing is, uh, the Fed, led by uh, Jerome Powell, decided that they were going to print infinite money, pretty much, and go power overwhelming, and uh, essentially have decided that they're going to buy uh, bu- any sort of... So, they... They've already announced that they were going to buy bonds. They changed it to where they were going to bond buy bond ETFs. So um, essentially, an ETF is where you have a whole bunch of things, and it takes the it invests in those things, and then it sells shares. So like, so you don't actually under. So let's say like you know the S and P 500. You have the S and P 500, which is you know 500 companies, but then you have you have ETFs that buy shares of all these 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 companies and then sell the sell this essentially share of their ETF. So one share of this ETF might buys you like one one hundredth of each each of the companies in the S and P five hundred. So there's there's things almost there's, like a mutual fund setup. Yeah, it's like a mutual fund, pretty close. It's a low cost. It's a low cost fund, yeah. Yeah. So the thing is, the Fed decided they were not just going to – so they'd already announced that they were going to buy corporate bonds that were investment grade. Um, the thing is, there's been a number of companies that were investment grade, but with this new downturn have been – they were no longer investment grade. So they're no longer essentially a sure bet. And so because of that, they got downgraded, and so the Fed can't buy them. The uh, the Fed on Thursday – so the, the unemployment numbers came out. Thursday, every Thursday at 8 a.m., actually 8.30 a.m., the, uh, they released the unemployment numbers. Unfortunately, there's another 6.6 6. 6 million people filed for unemployment in the last week. Right. This is new people. So this is, so you had 3 million and then you had, you know, 6, now 6.6. 6. So you're up yeah. to about 15 million people have employed. In the last month, 15 million people have filed for unemployment. Mm-hmm. So literally like two minutes after that number came out, the Fed announced that they were going to buy bond ETFs. Not only were they going to bond buy bond ETFs, they're also going to buy junk bond ETFs. So they weren't just going to buy investment grade, like the stuff that's actually like, yeah, you they know, were just going to throw caution to the wind. Oh, they were going to throw caution to the wind and be like, dude, we're going to buy all this shit. Yeah. So they bought a whole bunch of like, you know, non-investment grade shit. And it's, to just stimulate so, the stock market and economy, or what was the thought process behind that? I mean, the the thought is, it's I mean, the, the stock market specifically, John. Well, it's not the, think, yeah. Part of it is part of it is supposedly greasing the wheels that if there's liquidity and the stock market's doing all right, the economy will follow, which is kind of weird logic, but yeah. No, but um, I mean, also a shitload of people apple. are. In, and well, I don't know. I keep reading about it in Business Week that people are in deep trouble because their 401k is tanked. There's so much, so much of the average households. I I, I don't know, like yeah. average households, like uh, sure, wealth and financial trajectory is tied into the stock market right now. That yeah. a significant right. downturn is bad, not just for the investor class, but like for so many, so many people now. There, there's a few problems. I mean, there's a few issues with this. The first one is, I mean. Obviously, the the real problem is not that they're. I mean, it's good for everybody on a short term, you know, to get everybody to give this money away. That's fine. I mean, it's not technically giving 
technically they're they're loaning it out, so they're buying it, and then they're going to get repaid for it. Theoretically, the problem is, I mean, the thing is with investment grade, with investment grade is you're pretty much you're 100 percent, you're nearly 100 percent going to make your money back, 100 percent on investment grade. The thing is with these non-investment grade stuff, it's like you know if the company that gave that bond option goes under or just stops paying on it, the bond it loses money. So Chris, that's the like we're talking about. Well, okay, they're so losing, they're losing fake money. They're losing money that they themselves printed. This, this reminds me of the Big Short. Like this is like like almost like buying those the fake housing bonds and everything. I was just gonna mention. I was gonna just gonna mention. Chris, hang in there, dude. You are Christian Bale. You <laughs> are in there jamming away. Well, that was a yeah, best movie character. On your drum ever. set. So, so good. So here's the problem. So the problem is. So the thing is they're buying these jump bongs. The thing is there's like, for instance, I'll give you an example of like companies that like ha- used to be Ford used to be an investment grade bond. It's no longer got downgraded. The thing is, so the thing is, so the thing with Ford is, I mean, who's buying a car right now? So they need money just to, you know, move forward in time to when, you know, to next year when people are buying cars, hopefully. So so they need, you know, bond. They're trying to sell these bonds. The bonds aren't selling because, you know, or they're selling at such a high rate that it's not worth taking, you know, Ford is like, I'm not going to pay 10% on this bond or 15% or whatever. So they have to buy these bonds. And so, yes. So now Ford, if the thing is, if the federal government backs up this essentially Ford bond, it has zero risk. You're always making, you're making your money back. You're making your money back off of Ford. If you don't make your money back off of Ford, you make you sell it to the federal government, and the federal government gives you your money. And so it's it's essentially there's no risk there. You're just making like you know it's like yeah, putting you invest in, in Ford, but yeah. a thousand, but you make better returns. And it's like you know the real problem is though, and so so then the underlying so then obviously the stock market goes up because companies like Ford that you know were maybe a little bit iffy and you know. They're going to wipe out the stockholders if they couldn't, you know, repay their their loans. Well, now they can repay their loans by just kicking the can down the road another six months, another year. Right. So obviously the whole gift card restaurant theory. Right. So it's like, you know, so we're hoping I mean, the goal is to kick the can the road six months or a year down the road when everything's better. And then we can sort of sort this out. The problem is it's inve- injecting so much money into the stock market that I mean at the it's I mean it's like Zimbabwe dollars at this point. I mean right. it's not it's not quite that bad, but it's like it's like Venezuela. Like, you know, the money is gonna eventually become right not worth anything. And they and keep then, saying, you know, gonna, Yeah. You know, they were gonna, afraid of inflation before. Right. And inflation didn't happen. Right. And well, that's what I heard. And now they're the like, hope is oh, that the closing point of that though is that the, that if we return to some normalcy within three to six months, that there can be a return on that investment. You know, I mean, so hopefully well, if that happens, then the process works itself out, not naturally, but at least gradually back to. Yeah, there you go. Green. There well, you go. The That's is, the, the <laughs> is that a good job, good the, effort comment? <laughs> no, yeah, I'm just, yeah, just like. like the, the Fed, the Fed chairman, will shake your hand right now and say, "That's exactly." You I never said I believed in my comments, sir. Right. So the the real problem is, you know, the problem is we we lost quarter two of the year. 
like the last month and a little bit of last month, but this month and next month are just not happening, you know, because they're just, you know, mm-hmm. just not happening, right. you know, because of that, you lost, you know, one sixth of the month or one sixth of the year and probably a quarter of the year by the time of where nothing happened. And so you have issues where it's not, I mean, nothing got, stuff didn't get made. And the thing is, inflation is there's more money than chasing stuff that got built. You know, if you take parts for a car, you build a car, you made something valuable. And therefore, you know, the, the amount of money in the system goes up. And so inflation is you're printing too much money. And so anything, any physical thing that you have, you know, it's your your cash is worth less than physical stuff. Deflation is the opposite, where essentially there's not enough cash. And so your stuff is worth less because, you know, there's no money to buy it. And so the problem, the and so. But Chris, will stocks still tank eventually? Or, I mean, the, the Fed can keep propping it up indefinitely pretty well, much because they have unlimited buying power. And they'll keep stocks up until every everything collapses, right, <laughs> basically. So, I mean, there, there's there's good points of bad to this. I mean, the will stocks collapse? Probably not. Because the thing is. The Fed has essentially made it clear that they will not let the stock market yes. clap. Yes. And they can print money until, you know, until, you know, they could just yeah. keep money. It costs them literally. It literally doesn't cost them anything to print money because it's right. all. We just devalue it. And, you know, and then we have a right. lot of room for devaluation. So right. I mean, well, the, the real problem is, you know, your, you know, I, you know, you your toilet paper stash that you, all right. of us are now hoarding <laughs> it becomes. You know, is it worth more? Well, the paper is gold. Dude, we went to Costco and we went out and bought a whole bunch of toilet paper for, you know, 10 bucks for a big thing of rolls. All right. The thing is, is it going, you know, if they keep printing money at some point, that toilet paper is not worth, you know, Amazon.com is still going to be $2,000. Your roll of toilet paper just might be $500. (laughs) Right. Well, Well, the thing is, well, no, I mean, that's the thing. It's like Amazon, Amazon is going to probably actually doing well. So they're going to, you know, they're going to be, you know, they're $2,000 now. If they keep printing money, they're going to be worth $5,000. The yeah, thing yeah. is, did the thing is, is it worth, is it, it did that, th- so there's a $3,000 gain. Is that because Amazon is subjectively, you know, a time and a, 150% better than what they were worth more? Or is it, did we just print so much money that there's, you know, that that essentially in order to keep up with inflation, this Amazon is worth, you know, has to be worth more. And yeah. I mean, that's the problem right now is nobody really knows. And nobody the problem is nobody can know until, you know, until this, I mean, not maybe not until it ends, but, you know, it's going to be, you know, till we get an idea of what the what's going on with the economy, because, right. you know. I until we have the graph of their balance sheet, and it's funny. Right. Or until we have something that like segments a hard stop. I mean, like, so you mentioned like how like Ford, obviously, their investment ability as a as a surface value has gone down in terms of reliability because of the fact that they simply can't sell cars right. anymore the I way mean, they used to. So until what, something happens that's like a confirmation of right. dropping I mean, value. Exactly. I mean, for all we know is, you know, we're going to everybody's going to decide, you know, this, this somebody's going to find a vaccine 
And six from six months from now, Ford is going to be selling, you know, trucks like hotcakes. Right. I don't know. You don't know. Nobody can really know. But I mean that, and that's the problem is that the stock market has essentially just gone. You know, doesn't there's no there's no knowledge of what anything is worth or I mean certain things you can sort of get an idea of, but you don't. I mean, you know, what's Starbucks worth? I mean, I guess even better than that. What's an airline worth? I, I, like, what's United Airlines worth? Right. I mean, it's a it, that's a big esoteric question, that's, and you know, I, mean, I know we, we that's a that's a whole podcast in and of itself. So I want to yeah, keep yeah. us well, keep us rolling about, here. That's, that's the <laughs> problem. That's, that's the problem. These are excellent discussion topics, but my God, we get three hour podcasts on each of them for sure. And I I mean, you bring up a good point. I mean, it's it's interesting. Like, how do we value these companies from the from the ground up and how do we keep assessing them when a lot of this um, background valuation mm-hmm. is, what is it? You know, there's no basis of it that we can accurately track or that's public knowledge. In uncharted waters. Well, I mean, there is a basis for it. We just don't there, know there what, what it means necessarily yet. All right, um, sir. It's been a long time since we've hit an inflationary so, curve, okay. but yeah. Tra- uh, transition. Wait, let's let's transition, wait, guys. Just because we're already we're pushing pushing ten on time. On yeah, I don't know when we want to cut this thing. Well, I, I want to make sure we. For a while. Yeah, I mean, I could dig in on any of this stuff with you guys, but it's for the for the health and well roundedness of our own topics and the <laughs> podcast. Okay. Let's keep pushing. Let's, uh, sir. You were mentioning wait, John. Your board I, game need, design. I need to circle back to one little plug real quick. Oh boy. So talk about the the economy and whatnot. I don't know if you guys into your 401k, excuse me, into your IRAs, but usually you can put in uh, six grand a year into a into a Roth IRA. Right, and I heard that they like basically made it limitless for a short period of time or something like that. No, so they changed the so it's based upon when your taxes are due, and we're coming up on tax season. Yeah. So your tax got moved back to I think it was. June. June, I want to say, yep, yeah. Yeah, June. So the thing is, you can tr- contribute to your uh, Roth IRA until that same tax day. So you can put six grand into. Right, that's what the change was. Yeah, I know I was reading about it, and yeah, it, it's good if you're in a position to do that. That's awesome. No, totally. Speaking like, of which, is anyone? Are you guys all waiting till June? I've been like putting off taxes for a long time, and I know like I do my taxes. <laughs> yeah, I should right probably away, do it. My I got my finances are not podcast topicable. <laughs> Your finances are not podcast. What? What? Hookers? And no, 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 no. Oh, for I'm, sure. I'm just so wondering funny. if y'all have begun. Just up with this. Like, <laughs> I don't want to fire up the TurboTax. No. Wanna... All right. Moving on. Moving on. Sir, so. lead us into some board game design because you have it on the uh, the pod. Can you guys still hear me? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I can. Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, I'll cover yeah. that real quick. I was jamming away at that for a little bit today and some yesterday. Finally, I'm carved out some weekend, some weekend you time. A, you're an Amanda, your your wife's uh, game here that you guys are designing, right? That's right. Wait, that's you're... right. And even though, even though like virus shit happened, and um, also work crunch happened for me, I had to put it on, put it on hold for a couple months. But we were going to take our game to board game uh, prototyping convention, basically, and show it off to pe- to publishers and other players and have peeps play it. So I was trying to wrap up the latest version of that game for that convention, which would have happened. Um, it was actually 
at the end of April. So it would have been happening two weeks from now, but for obvious reasons, it's been canceled. But that being said, I'm, I still found carved out some time working on some uh, some board layouts for so our. So run uh, the the run the name of the game by us again, and then the basic layout of it. I, I know we talked yes. privately, but I don't know if Chris has even heard about this. Yes, the competitive. I mean, heard about this but not really so it's a competitive cat territory control game called cat fight and it is about cats that live in a house who do not get along with one another <laughs> who are is this, is this is based on experiences yeah. or yeah. like um yeah as a matter of fact who would have guessed we had two cats yeah, this is totally the, the the idea for this game spawned because we had two cats who were basically they were friends and then they stopped being friends through I I can get into it later. It's a complex cat thing, but they basically were at each other's throats because of dominance issues in the house. Where the younger cat was trying to kill the older one, and the older one was getting pretty old and feeble. Um, but uh, we had to keep our cats separated for. Over a year, actually, they just couldn't be in the same room together. We had to like do all kinds of like. Oh, it was a that's that was a kind of a nightmare amount of time to have like inner household pet wars. Yeah, it was it was it was a nightmare, but then we kind of settled into it. But like, we just had to be very careful about closing up and opening doors for a long time. Um, because what there they like cat bloodshed or something? Yeah, they would like fight to the death. Like, yeah, it was serious. <laughs> like full full claws and stuff um and it wasn't really a fair fight because our younger cat was like you know had multiple pounds and full claws on on the older cat so the older one just didn't stand a chance and if we had let him alone i guarantee you it probably would have you know just been a fight to the death so with that being said it inspired us (laughs) to make a board game and I, uh, I mean, I kind of like looped in a bunch of not only like our personal experiences, but a lot of the aspects of um, board games that I liked before included, well, including one of the, uh, you know, best games, best, uh, best board games ever printed, which is actually Magic the Gathering, best tabletop games. Um, I included so, like what I Wait, could like learn. Magic was an influence, or what? Yeah, it was an influence on it, and uh, another influence was the um, the game Small World. I don't know if you, either either of you guys have played that one, but it was a super popular one in the late 2000s that came out. That was the same the same basic concept of there's only so many territory tiles, and you expand until you end up um, basically up to the borders with each other and then you tussle over the borders for, for one another's territories. So that's how our, that's how our cat game is played. And basically right now I'm in level design mode on it and I am creating the, there, there are boards depending on how many players, how many cats play in the, in the, in the game. You, you have to go up to a bigger sized house and you fight for territory control in the house with your cats. So I'm creating these house layouts basically that people will be playing on. Um, and it's a, uh, it's ton of fun. Actually, it's a, it's great fun for a side project and, uh, hoping that, yeah, when shit blows over and we regain some sort of normalcy again, then we can go, go back out there and start pitching it. See if anyone wants to, uh, take us up and publish. This sounds like you need to leverage your experience in iPhone and Android app design to, to get the mobile version going right now during the pandemic. 
right? Man, dude, you need to start programming. Cash there could be, there could totally be. It's a turn-based game, but you could totally do a uh, a mobile version of it. Um, another thing I was thinking about, I don't know if you guys have the the Steam tabletop simulator. I keep I keep trying to poke at it with peeps. I'm not very. Uh, I haven't actually become good at it yet but it's a way that you can play your board games basically online and you it's kind of like a just an open source platform Dude, people I, upload their games i've yeah. played a ton of that like Sweet. Chris, i'm curious on this because i've talked to a couple of our buddies travis and ryan recently about trying to get that together for some card games and stuff what's the what's the basis of it um i mean pretty much it's whatever you want to do I mean, it's like you have to you have to download like so the tabletop it's a program, but it's pretty much like a sandbox type of program, mm-hmm. and so you load games into it. Uh, so like I've played um, what's there's like the spy one or like some of the like some of like games where you like um, like choose cards and shit. Mm-hmm. Um. But like, like you can play like even magic on it, right? Like you could do like you can session. Like the thing is like magic is the problem with like magic is like the, the you have to program in every single. Yeah. You need to get the database. Right, you need a data. Like you have you have to have like you know cards and shit like that, and it's just it's not it's a pain. Um, it's much better for like there's actually like party games. So I actually played like yeah, I played ah. games, and mm-hmm. so. So, you know, you just try and, like, you try and guess names and you flip over cards and shit. And so stuff like that, it's all, like, programmed in. They have different decks and whatnot, so you just do that. Um, I played I haven't, I played Secret Hitler. I've played a number of weird games. Like, so there well, are... Well, names in Secret Hitler aren't weird. They're, like, some of the more popular. Well, no, I mean, they're, they're some of the more popular games. But as well, I was saying, like, you don't think of, like, stuff like that. It's, like... That's true. They're very and the thing is, you just again, one person has to have the like the game module, and then they set it up, and then everybody else joins and they download that game module. So, uh, so you really what it is, you have to look for the game module that works for you. If that makes sense, it sounds like it's a lot of work though, and that it has to have some pre-planning involved to get it set up. Well, somebody's got the problem is somebody's got to have the game module and has to vet that sort of thing. So if you know if if nobody has a game, if you want to play, let's say Secret Hitler, and nobody has a game module for it, then you can, I mean there's online ones. You have no idea how good it is. Like and if it's a shitty game module, like you, it makes it harder to like flip cards and shit. And so stuff like that's a problem. But if you have a good game module, it's like, oh, yeah, like, you know, you just tap and it or you click on something and it flips it or whatnot. It's very easy to do stuff. I mean, John, in the same way that, like, someone has to set up a game night, too, if you're <laughs> an in-person game night. Right. Some setup, some setup well, before. I mean, that's no, there's a there's an ebb and flow, I think, to that, though, Serg. I mean, especially, like, as we've been in this situation now where we've had to do, like, more online game nights or set up things, like, to the, to the techie-oriented patient you know, to the extreme people like setting up something and having to delve into all the options and bells and whistles is fine. But man, well, dude, I, I can't tell you how many times like we've had like some little things come up and it's just been a mountain out of a mohill for the average Joe that's in the group. So like, 
I think like, you know, for yeah. the three of us, like we would be able to navigate yeah. that easily. But like, man, I really give credit to gotcha. some of these like house party and things like that where like they've just built in a really easy gaming and trivia platform that doesn't require any fuss. Yeah, I mean, it's it's all about the module. If the module is really good, it's like it plays naturally. If the module is bad, you're just sitting there trying to fight the module to get it to do what you want it to do. But Chris, are most modules free for it? Uh, they, I don't, are they retail? Like retail? I've actually never, I've never bought a module. I've always just, you know, I've always played. You just weapons. connected to someone who's had it. I connected to somebody who's had it. Okay. So somebody else has, you know, done the vetting and whatnot. This I've sounds... looked at it. And I'd like to still give it a try. I'll have I'll, to. I would give it a try. It try this. Too. Try this module thing. I do think there is setup, John, and it's not. It's not. It's more of a that sandbox system. It's not exactly plug and play. But on the other hand, if you are into this kind of like, if you're really into board games, that's the only way you can play board games right now. Right. It's cool in the sense that we could play board games uh, virtually um, without without being together. I, no, I dig that, and I mean, I like the sky's the limit aspect of things where, like, if, like you said, Chris, somebody's uh, willing and capable to de- to design their their module well, that it can be successful. It there's just a lot of vetting that is involved in in that kind of process. But like, obviously, for our play group, um, where we would dive into something like that um, if it meant <laughs> having a good game night during something like this. We have games that we like know that we all want to play. I mean, I could recommend a couple of them. Like you can play like Settlers of Catan, for example. I'm sure that one is like pretty refined and like, is that via steam tried or, or is that on the tabletop one? True. That's what I'm talking about. I mean, I, I don't have it, but I know my friends, uh, have played it via the tabletop simulator. So you download the Settlers of Catan module, right? And you, you sit down and play Settlers. Um, that'd be awesome. So I'll have to check that out. And there's just like, but the, you know, there's thousands of, of games out there for it because, um, and a lot of people are even using it to alpha test their like work in progress designs. So I was thinking at some point, I don't know, like, you know, what it would take, probably a decent amount of coding that I don't <laughs> have knowledge of, but I would love to do put our prototype catfight onto that thing so we could, so we could play virtually, you know. Right after we all learn COBOL though, so that we can program for New Jersey's unemployment system and make buku dollars, right? Yeah. Dude, yeah, get their unemployment, because I that's where I get to file unemployment if this shit goes down. It gets really bad. So <laughs> Dude, I forgot you. I'm, you're in the New Jersey circle there. I am. I'm supposed to, so I live in Pennsylvania, but since technically I work out of New Jersey, that's where I file for unemployment oh if, my God. if uh, the company goes under. So, so you've you heard know. about this, right? Uh, yeah, I've heard it's not, I, I heard that it wasn't just New Jersey. It was like California. Yeah, it's, it's multiple states. states. Never, yeah. never updated. Um, Hiring 60-year-olds for mainframe programming. Yeah. And probably will never update because where the fuck are they going to get money now to update their shit? Well, they're going <laughs> to get, they're going to get governmental and governor pressure, like ultimately after this pandemic, if we get out of it, that, you know, you would. Oh, yeah, I know they're going to get pressured, but. Where are they going to get the money? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, true. We're talking hey. about government institutions here. Um, well, hey, speaking no, of, we're talking about gaming tools and whatnot. And one of the things that I brought up in the Heroes tool section here uh, is the video chat tools and other other platform tools. So there's that tabletop gaming 
what else have you guys been doing so far, like either on your own or with friends, uh, for like both video chat tools or any kind of gaming tool that's been like interesting during this? I mean, I have not been having much stuff. Pretty much, it's been uh, Steam Chat has been my uh, go-to. Ah. So I've been I've been having a good time with that. Discord, Discord, basically. I haven't used Skype until we did this one. Uh, it's basically Facebook yeah. Messenger and Discord. We did the thing the other day where I joined, um, you know, like the Russian crew, like Alexandria and stuff. He had like a 10-way Facebook chat. and Like Facebook this, video messenger? Yeah, or? Facebook video. Yeah. Like everyone was in. Like we maxed that shit out. Um, <laughs> and it was it was cool. It was cool at first. But then like, you know, I think it was like the... Just being able, like everyone was like trying to figure out when a good time to speak and speaking out of turn and like, <laughs> like well, yeah, it was it was just awkward because there wasn't anyone, you know, uh, it, it was it was awkward because everyone was uh, virtual and it wouldn't have been the same if we'd all been around in a room together. Um, so I definitely I definitely noticed that for the first time. But they were like, you know, they were doing stuff. They were doing the. Um, be Jack Jackbox games like Jackbox party games. Yeah, that's been a popular suggestion amongst the group of people that I've talked to. Also, although the last time we tried it, there was a decent amount of work involved there, even though it's a pretty established platform. Is that Steam based only, or can you get it going just like with a I much of a web browser stuff? thing? Yeah. Just type in the URL in a web browser and you play. We tried that, and, and then like somebody had to have like a Steam copy of it, like hosting, and they were like showing their computer screen, and I'm like, "There's got to be a better way to do oh, yeah. this." That's what they were doing, actually. Eric was streaming on Twitch, and everyone was looking at his stream. So yeah, that sounds smart. Yeah. I think my buddy who had it was like actually trying to show his physical computer screen and his webcam, and we were like, "Yeah, this, this is not going to be good enough." Like the ghetto way of doing it. Yeah, <laughs> Twitch stream sounds like the right way. <laughs> Actually, by the way, so uh, my family actually did uh, Easter over Zoom. So one of my cousins has yeah work. She has you know a Zoom license and whatnot. So we actually ended up like we actually had like a dozen of us doing oh, Zoom over we, uh, for Thanksgiving. We did uh, cool. or Easter, you mean or yeah for Easter yeah. today. Yeah, we did Easter Zoom as well. Although I'm like pretty anti Zoom, it's been one of the bane of our existences in IT world right now at at UW Wait, Hospital. Really? Yeah, yeah, because as much as Zoom is like you know cra- crazy in the stock market and popular in in the minds of everyone right now, Zoom has like some of the most security vulnerabilities of any of the video programs right now. They have some really yeah. serious issues like. You know, the issue for people to be able to launch like remote server links through like network paths in the chats. And, you know, obviously the Zoom bombing one was addressed a little huh. bit with some of the password protection that they're trying to build in. But they right. they have a lot. They have no end to end encryption. They have a lot of like glaring security flaws that despite the frequent patching that they've had, they have not been able to address all of them. I've so heard. we have, we have basically said no to it at the UW other than the fact that we are doing best effort support because we know we'll still have to use it. Um, but yeah, it's unfortunately quite popular right now. Okay. So what's the worst case security breach scenario that people are sharing sensitive information in zoom chat, right? But well, if your video gets hijacked, I think it's not a worst case. I mean, there's a combination of things where, like, they or does can, it create a backdoor into like there's backdoor remote holes, and then there's also just the fact that like the owner and CEO of the business 
has been involved in like shady business practices as well. And that, you know, there was some element of data spying that was going on prior to this pandemic with Zoom. And like, there, there's a lot of things. There's, I mean, there's like a laundry list of them, unfortunately. So it's just something that at this point, until they, until they become like a trusted resource, at least on the business level, I'd like to stay away from them. But I know on the home level, there's a little less risk and people are going to use it because it's easy. Right. Well, I'm just like, I'm just asking hypothetically, what's the worst case that could happen to a business, right? Like what? Well, what so is, what are people afraid of? The right Zoom now? bombing thing was really interesting. There was actually like a NPR uh, episode on this too about how like the dean of one of the businesses uh, was basically their entire professional Zoom chat with like a couple hundred people was hijacked and mm-hmm. you know not only were there like voice interruptions and whatnot but um you know there was like remote control i believe of people's computers and things like that so one of the issues was that that link oh, sharing they I was took mentioning. over you zoom gives you remote desktop access well there was some issues with like so people could put like a network file path into the chat and then like there was essentially ways for there to initiate, I think, remote control through that. I I still have ah. to dive into the details of it. I mean, I haven't I even tried to get too far into it just because we know it. there's enough out there that it's it's not worth. I'm just curious. Out. I was just curious what what the worst could be, and it sounds like yeah. the person can hijack into Zoom thing, put a bad URL into the chat. If one person clicks on that URL, there's then they're done. And there's more, there's more to it than that. And like, as somebody trying to speak on the topic, I should be more informed on it, but there, there is more to it than that. Um, but yes, that is one of the, the scare worries of it. But getting back to Chris's point, like the zoom Easter, like at least it's been nice, like that you can do like family events with it. And it's fairly low key in terms of learning curve. Right. I mean, I would think, yeah, I mean, the thing is like, I, I was not like super thrilled, so I actually didn't. I ended up not installing it on my computer. Just browser based, <laughs> yeah. I I pretty much did the web browser like login shit that like creates like a temporary sort of session, which even then I was like not super thrilled about. But I'd prefer to do that over like my tiny little camera on my cell phone. So yeah. Although um, cell phone cameras are like so modernized right now that they're like even better than most webcams. And well, I was actually not worried so much about. So I actually have a good webcam on my home computer, um, and like obviously my I have uh, the Google Nexus or whatever the three A, which has a good camera. I'm actually more worried about the fact that I can't see anybody on like the screen because it's tiny. Yeah. Yeah. And, like this, like with the two of you, I wouldn't have any problem on my phone. The problem is, I had, I, had, I think we had like sixteen people on the teleconference for your so, Easter Sunday. Yeah, for Easter Sunday. Holy cow! So of course, so like, dude, that's like, dude, you're gonna have like two pixels per person if you're yeah. gonna do it on your cell phone. Like that's just not. Did you suffer from the same thing where like nobody knew when it was their turn to talk or when they could? Actually, no. Like it actually worked out pretty well. Like. Huh. I give Zoom credit too. Like they have that whole like you can switch the views and different things on it if you have the client. But they have that whole camera panning thing where like, and Chris, this is probably what you're talking about. Where like if somebody starts speaking, they like usually will take over the video, so to speak. Yeah. So they had that. So the thing is, uh, like, I didn't actually like that because like there would be sometimes there would just be random background noise. It would hijack it, and so like 
you get like a random picture of like a cat or shit. So I ended up like doing the tiles. The thing is that it's nice because it, when it detects voice on the tiles, it like puts a line underneath, like underneath the person that you, so you know where sound is coming from. And then when they would be like highlighted, it like puts a like a, a, a square around them. So it shows you, hey, this person's currently talking. And they're like this person, there's noise coming from this person and this person. And so it was overall, it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. There was a bunch of things that actually made it work pretty well compared to, say, a typical, you know, uh, if it was like, you know, if this Skype, it would have been an absolute mess. But Zoom actually worked out and sort of had a little bit of a chat flow going on. So, John, are you being kicked out of your room? Um, uh, no, I'm being kicked out of uh power and headphones and uh you know multiple electronic solutions during this cast um we've got too many wireless devices and uh the apartment has limited us to um a lot of options here so it is what it is do you need to go and buy a surge protector like is that what you're like to charge everything well you know part of this problem is uh, as much as i love my my macbook here um the whole usb c uh future here has caused um a lot of adapters and a lot of uh irritating plug-in setups <laughs> so so you know my life you got the macbook uh, action going on i do but not the USB-C one. Oh, you're not you're not up like to speed on it. okay <laughs> so you gotta get an adapter for everything because nothing supports that yeah i Look just tried to port. plug in so Look we have another issue too having, these rich people having macs I'm like I have like sir well Chris this is actually a work based one so uh this is this is no rich uh solution here and on top of it I'm fighting my um uh our electrical outlets are all screwed up but it that's not a essential maintenance service at our apartment complex so it won't be getting yes. fixed anytime soon What <laughs> dude maybe you need to fucking set your apartment on fire like that uh like your neighbors man like yeah, we should. How many people at your apartment complex stopped paying rent last month? Yeah, well, we can talk about that for a minute here. I don't know about stop paying rent because if you live at my complex, you're already eating it through the teeth. But um, yeah, so last night we're trying to start making dinner and we hear the fire alarm go off and it's. Um, Hold up, what? talking about fire alarms. I'm going to go start my stove. I'll be back. Fire alarm goes <laughs> off. Ignore it. It's just me cooking. Well, I'm trying to do two things at once here in plugging in my book before it dies and with a non-working electrical outlet and uh, and explain the story. But anyways, so the... Did we just lose John? You're going to lose me did. in about five no, seconds back. if I can't get this plugged in and it's not working well, so... Yes! We're on the break. But... <laughs> Technical woes. Well, you know, guys. Anyways, we've been we've been potting for a while. Anyways, so this might be a good closing point because I'm not going to be able to plug this in successfully. Let's be <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's all good, man. Yeah, we've been at this, but a little bit happy to jam with you guys more often. No, we do, guys. This was good. This is a good warm up podcast to get the uh, the fences going here, and um, and we we definitely have some ammo for some more here. So. Let's talk offline and uh, and let's get this going again. Maybe next Sunday if you guys are around. Yeah, totally. So yeah, let's keep let's keep it up. We'll be we'll be in touch. Um, maybe even during the week, we'll ping you guys some 
some of those things for board game simulator and whatnot, tabletop simulator. Yeah, I mean, uh, my big thing with the week is just like, you know, I'm trying to keep some semblance of like a real like life because I literally have nothing to do. And so I'm trying to like Monday through Friday, stock market, even if I don't do anything. And then afterwards, I go biking if the weather's good. So it's like eight o'clock, nine o'clock by the time that I'm like free to do shit in the evenings. But after then, like, I know, like, John, usually you're like, oh, dude, I got to be up at such and such time and probably serve the same thing with you. Yeah. But I'm like, you know, I'm up for gaming till, you know, midnight, one o'clock or something. So, you you know, like. I wish I wasn't that busy and, and had that. Option, same here. But, uh, not, not available. Funny. But we will get this going again, yeah. guys. And I think we can make the Sunday night slot usually work. But uh, I like this anyways. This is good. This is catch up time and pod time. Yeah, this has been great. Sounds good, man. All right. Hey, y'all. Have a good Easter, guys. Yep. 